Kelowna Kate. Way back in early 2020, life was normal for her. She worked, served, went to the lake, loved Jesus, people, and the church. Her church wasn't perfect, but life together with imperfect people helped her know Jesus and make him known. Then came COVID-19 and everything changed, even church. People vanished, worship went virtual, and Kate adjusted doing her civic duty. She expected this was just a blip, but it wasn't. And even though Kate's feeling blue, she knows a few things are true. The church is the people of God, not a building. The church is God's servant in the world, even if circumstances change. Kate knows Jesus' church that she belongs to is always open. And Kate got thinking, KGF has a vision to co-create communities of awakened and equipped disciples who live out the call God has for them. Kate's pretty sure there's no time like a pandemic to live the call of God, but she can't do this alone. So Kate got excited about church as a community of hubs, spirit-led, co-creative communities, KGF Church in mighty miniature form, a connecting point for knowing Jesus and making him known. A hub is devoted to be fellowship, bringing the generations together to worship and make disciples. A hub is devoted to be God's good news, connecting KGFers to live out God's love. Small bubbles of truth and hope in a big world. Kelowna Kate's starting to see with 2020 vision. Because God's not distant, she's not dismayed, but determined to connect to those near her. Join Kelowna Kate, connect to a hub, host a hub, serve a hub. Be the church for such a time as this. Hi, KGF. We want the church to gather. And perhaps you've had this sense that KGF is not interested in seeing the church gather, but that's simply not true. What we most desire for every KGFer in these most interesting days is that every KGFer is connected into a co-creative community to know Jesus and make him known. That's our deepest desire. And so there are three ways that we're inviting you to do this. And one is something you've been hearing about, and that's hubs. We've got these signs. If you have a neighborhood hub that's starting to meet, you can get one of these signs from the church, put it out in your yard when you're meeting. Uh, what's a hub? A hub is just a mini KGF that meets in a home or a backyard or even in our, in our building. Some hubs have begun to book spaces already to be able to meet, to uh, bring different ages together to connect and worship and engage our teaching and our life in scripture together as a community to build relationships. It's a more uh, inclusive space where you can invite a friend and where together you think about serving the city. So think about a hub as KGF in miniature form. All right, that's what a hub is. And so are you in one right now? Maybe you're watching right now with a hub. If you haven't already, let us know. Garth at kgfchurch.com. Please send an email right now. Garth at kgfchurch.com. Let us know you're a hub and we can begin to support you and work with you, train you, train your leader. Would you like to be one connected to one near you? Maybe there's, you're going to walk around looking for this sign somewhere. Uh, but if you're looking for one to connect to, please also send us a note. And if you would like to start one, also connect with us. So that's what the hubs are. What about life groups and triads? Well, if a hub is more kind of the wider family reunion the life group or the triad is where you walk closely with a few others. And so while that hub is more inclusive, a life group 
or a triad is meant to be a place where you grow as a disciple with just a few people. And are you connected in this way? And then what about park gatherings? We've had a few of those over the last number of weeks. Last week's were smoked out uh, by our terrible air, unfortunately. But these were aimed at connecting KGFers in the different regions and communities of Kelowna, West Kelowna, Lake Country, um, the areas in which we live. And out of these connections, we've hoped that some hubs would emerge and some are starting to do that. So we're not going to be having many more of those. You can organize some, but as a staff team, we, we've done that to start the process. Uh, and that was the park gathering. So you see, here's what I want you to understand with Kelowna K. The KGF is open. We've never closed. You're the church. We're led by the Spirit. We adapt and we keep our eyes on Jesus and on his mission to make disciples. And so can I encourage you, stop waiting for the church to do something for you to be part of. Be the church for such a time as this. Church, this is a most exciting adventure that God is inviting us into. And it's time to rise up and be a people of good news. And your pastoral staff and staff team are working to equip and empower us for such a time as this, as we know Jesus and make him known. And go, can you stop right now, right where you are, in whether you're alone or with a group of people, and pray for your church? Could you do that? Pray for us as pastors and pray for our staff team. Pray for our board. Pray for other hubs that are meeting right now. Just stop and pray for our church that God would be glorified among us, that he would use us for his glory and his purposes for such a time as this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness night. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, Let there be a space between the waters, to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. God made the space to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. God called the space sky. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the second day. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the waters seas. And God saw that it was good.
Well, I want to say thank you to Avery, Ella, and Lauren, and Marissa Burns, our children's uh, ministry director, for that great creation video, video, and to Chloe Chang for reading for us Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 10. Kids, can I invite you into something today? I want you to draw or create the most amazing thing that you've seen in creation this week. What was it? What did you see this week that was so amazing? Could you draw a picture of that? And then at the close of service, when the adults start to have their conversation, you kind of butt in and say, hey, I got to tell you about my picture or my Lego creation or maybe something else you've done and say, this is where I have seen God's amazing creation this week. Could you do that for me while we're talking about God's word this morning? Uh, today, we're going to have a question. The question at the close of our time together that you will be in empowering you as a hub or a group to discuss is this, where have I seen God's goodness, power, and divine nature in creation, and how will I respond? That's going to be the question we're heading toward today. But are you ready to begin by playing a game? We're going to play a Bible verse fill-in-the-blank game, or as I'm going to call it, blankety-blank-blank-blank, and actually there's 10 blanks, so there's 10 points up for grabs. Where you are, create two teams right now. Just divide yourselves into two teams, or you can simply play against yourself, in which case you're guaranteed at least second place. And we'll see who wins this challenge. And as I said, there's 10 points up for grabs. And if you've been paying attention at all, you should be able to at least get this first one. So you'll see it on the screen here. Uh, keep track of your answer and keep track of what you get right. Fill in the blank. In the beginning, God blank the heavens and the earth. What is it? Created. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You should all be one for one at this point. Number two, Genesis chapter one, verse 10. Chloe read this for us. Hope you were paying attention. And God saw that it was blank. What's the word? Come on. It's good. God saw that it was good. You should be two for two. Number three, from Job chapter 38. Where were you when I laid the earth's blank? Tell me if you understand. Look carefully at it. Try to figure it out. What's the word? It's foundation. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. How are you doing? Number four, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the blank of the ends of the earth. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the blank of the ends of the earth. What's the word? It is creator, creator of the ends of the earth. Let's move on. Now, this one has two blanks, so now you really have to pay attention. Psalm 24, verses 1 to 2. The earth is the blank and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he blank it on the seas and established it on the waters. Ooh, we're getting tough now, aren't we? Can you get both of them? The first is the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. The second, uh, he established, or he founded it. Sorry, my own mistake. He founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. That's a tougher one. Maybe some of you got two for two there. All right, another one that's going to have two blanks. 
From Acts chapter 17, verse 24, Paul speaking to the philosophers in Athens, Greece, the God who blank the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by blank hands. What are the two blanks? Are you looking carefully? The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. That's number two. All right, we have one more, again, with two blanks. So if some of you are eight for eight so far, well done. If uh, others of you are not doing quite so well, thanks for playing. Oh, I'm glad that you're participating. Romans chapter one, verse 20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible blank, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without blank. Two blanks. Take a close look. Blank number one is this. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Well done, everyone. What was your score? Any 10 out of 10s out there? I suspect there are, because you're all amazing. And if you didn't get 10 out of 10, that's okay. Now you know some of those words, right? And all these verses, and so, so many more in the Bible underline that all that we see was created. All that we work with and manage and even turn into, tech, into technologies is not ours to begin with. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. We're always working off of his copyright. If we are to understand what Jesus meant when he began his ministry saying, the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news, then we must understand that God's good reign began in the beginning, even before the beginning. In this world beset by bad news, we must begin to understand God's good news by beginning with the creator. Why? Why? Because when we grow up and we realize that the world's full of disappointment, marred by evil, and that it gets complicated, when we become aware of our own guilt and our shame and our fear, when we hurt others and when our selfishness is, uh, wounds in our relationship, when somebody else wounds us, when the world burns and crumbles around us. We need to be called back to the remembrance of something. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Kids, how are the first weeks of school going? As you grow, you're learning more and more about the beauty and the complexity of the world that God made. Please don't lose your sense of wonder, kids. And what you're drawing right now or forming and creating, let it be out of the wonder that you see of what God has done all around you. G.K. Chesterton once wrote this. It's a great quote. Listen, the most unfathomable schools and sages have never attained to the gravity which dwells in the eyes of a baby of three months old. It is the gravity of the astonishment at the universe. And astonishment at the universe is not mysticism, but a transcendent common sense. 
See, every child is amazed at the world. All those parental Facebook posts of their baby giggling or a puppy or you making a funny face, all this is the innocent, wonderful beauty at the astonishment of the universe. A woman was walking toward me this week and suddenly she burst into gibberish that I, I could not understand, actually. And she started smiling and she made like kind of really big eyes. I'm like, what's going on? And she was not looking at me. And so I, I looked behind me and there came her husband with their little baby. And the mom had suspended all normal behavior. Didn't even notice me because the eyes of a baby, the astonishment that the child was experiencing this child that was seeing the universe in front of her. And that trumped all self-respect on the mom's part. And it was glorious, actually, and, and beautiful. And this, as G.K. Chesterton said, is not mysticism or some form of immaturity. It is common sense. We should be amazed at what we have entered into. Our eyes should be huge with wonder and we should giggle more often, and our eyes should well up when we get to see and know this, all this. I began going through the pictures on my phone uh, and take a look at some of the ones that I found. I wanna just show you some of these things that have captured my imagination. Look at, look at that picture. That's, that's a sunset on Pender Island off the co lower coast of the lower mainland. Or this one, look carefully at this next one. What do you think that is? That's broken ice that has frozen over. There was a hole made in the ice and it froze like that. Like that's stunning. Or think of this one. Take a close look. Yeah, it's apple blossoms. I took this in the springtime, not far from our home. Incredible intricacy and beauty. And this one, I was out for a walk and the sky was like opening up in front of me and there's like this, it was just like stunning. I'm like, wow, look at that. It stops you in your tracks. And then, of course, living here, there's that. There's that. A Kelowna sunset. I'm not even a good photographer, to be totally honest with you, but wow. Wow, I'm sure, I'm sure that your phone and your own photo albums, we're going to come to this picture in just a second, so just keep your eyes on it and try to figure out what it is. Your, your own phone and photo albums are, are, are full of stuff like those pictures I just and we, we gather this beauty in our technologies looking down at the things that we should be looking up at. <laughs> it's amazing to me how we can't help but desire to capture those moments. It's not mysticism. It's like Chesterton says, it's common sense. I remember a segment of BBC's Planet Earth documentary stirring wonder in me, back to this picture. Take a look carefully at it. This architectural marvel is found at the bottom of the sea. About 25 years ago, divers near Japan began to notice these two meter wide pieces of ocean floor art, and no one knew the maestro creating them. And it turns out it was the male pufferfish, a 13 centimeter, five inches. So just like this little tiny pufferfish laboriously and without stopping, will form this to attract a female. It's absolutely stunning. This becomes their nest. But what's even more incredible, to my simple mind at least, is that human beings only discovered this about 25 years ago. 
Which means that for time out of mind, pufferfish have been doing this, creating this beauty to impress absolutely no one. They weren't doing it to someday be on a documentary. We get impressed by the meals that we create and we snap photos and share them. We Pinterest every creation, but the pufferfish simply does this and has always done this, reflecting the beauty and the goodness of the creator because life is glorious and must go on. The creator, you see, simply loves goodness, loves beauty, is beautiful. The creator has planted beauty and wonder and astonishment everywhere for God's own sake, for the sheer joy of life. The Bible begins with wonder all around, a universe filled with galaxies, a livable planet bursting forth with vegetation and trees, molecules and membranes, panthers and pufferfish. Five times between Genesis 1 and verse 25, five times it says, and God saw that it was good. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 22, God blesses every living creature with the task of being fruitful and multiplying. Pufferfish, go and make beauty and impress that female. Go do it. God wants life to burst forth. It is the expression of his being as a community of oneness, Father, Son, and Spirit, the mystery of God in the beginning. The Spirit, as it says in Genesis 1, verse 4, or verse 2, the Spirit of God hovering over the waters. And what God creates is good. It is to be, it is blessed. It is to use the Old Testament word shalom, which means all through the Old Testament, that word means wholeness, completeness, peace, justice, mercy, congruency, the fullness of life with nothing lacking and nothing destroying. The God of the Bible is good and God's goodness overflows in creation and creativity. And this goodness and blessing, listen, this goodness and blessing already exists before human beings arrive. We arrive into wonder. Every new birth, by the way, is a reminder of this. We don't create, we enter creation. We are constantly, even though the world is fallen and broken, and we're going to unpack that over the next few weeks, but we're constantly living in a temple of beauty an endless temple of beauty. You look at the stars, you can't see far enough. It is an endless temple of wonder. Let us open our eyes again in the wide-eyed astonishment of a three-month-old. To repent and believe the good news is to be born again and to see the world with new eyes, with the astonishment, with the eyes of a child. The perspective, this perspective, is the common sense faith walk of those who hope for and live in the kingdom of God. If we are children of God, please listen. If we are children of God, we will not despise creation. We will not mishandle it, misuse it, abuse it. For God does not. It is his. And what he begins was meant to be enjoyed, marveled at, and like the great cathedral spirals, spires, point our gaze to God 
beyond ourselves, even finding wonders at the bottom of the ocean is meant to point us up, to grasp a little more of what Paul says, means when he reflects on the good news of God in Romans chapter 11, and he says, for from him and through him and to him are all things, to him be glory forever. Amen. Wow. So we need to hear the Lord's reprimand of Job. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. The good news of the reign of God that is fully revealed in Jesus Christ, which you and I are invited to repent and believe, begins with a confronting question. Is this my world or is this God's world? And if it's my world, I can claim my own way in self-determination. But if it's God's world, I am brought to a recognition of my status as a creature, to accountability, to the freedom and the joy of wonder. Creation, you see, is the first great reversal. This is what Genesis 1 describes in such profound simplicity. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God is hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Chris Wright says this, the word of God that spoke into darkness now speaks in barrenness with good news of astonishing reversal, holding before our imagination vistas of a future that is almost beyond belief. The creator and every human culture seeks to answer the question of origins and creation Every, uh, the creator speaks the good news of astonishing reversal. We are all living in an impossibility. In fact, if there is, the fact that there is a universe and that there's a you is a proof of an impossibility. How this all happened. Look around the room where you are right now. Take a look at these people. Gaze out the window. How this all happened is an impossibility. And we're all dealing with the first question that shapes everything. And here's what is often overlooked in the debates about origins. If all that is began without purpose, without intended goodness, if it was all random and creatorless, if the universe is not the overflow of love and goodness and purpose that must fill every void, the astonishing reversal that darkness void and emptiness can become something beautiful and ultimately good. If it's all random, then what hope can there be for us who live this impossibility that became possible when the darkness, voids, and emptiness of our experience of life overtake us? What hope is there for us when the messes we are experiencing and contribute to become so, over, so overwhelming we cry for help and escape? What hope is there for us when even our attempts to solve the very problems we have created end up in self-contradictory, self-centered, and hypocritical actions? By the way, check out on YouTube a documentary called Planet of the Humans to think more about that. What hope is there when our attempts to undo the mess in our own souls our self-disappointments, our guilt, our shame, our fear dissolve and destroy us? Am I just waiting for a big bang to explode 
Am I merely the next round of human progress that only seems to regress? Or dare we anticipate that a good God who has good in mind can also speak into our bad news and mess with other great reversals? This is the root of Jesus' invitation to repent and believe the good news. This is why knowing the good news of the reign of God in Jesus Christ begins with creation. God does astonishing reversals from the very beginning, including the wonder of the head-shaking pufferfish. And this holds before us the great possibility that he has a future in mind that's beyond belief. The creator will bring about his glory and his purposes. A holy God whose invisible qualities, eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, leaves us without excuse. The holy God that the Bible reveals is good. He does good. He has good in mind. He calls creation good. He speaks the good news of a great reversal from the very beginning. He's a God of whole goodness and shalom. And it is this shalom, this whole goodness that humanity is created into. And this is the beginning of the good news. Jesus came calling us to repent and believe. But this change of mind and living begins with a simple question. Is this my world, our world, a random world, or is this God's world? And how I answer that question begins to shape everything else. Romans 1 Verse 20 says that the creation, that in creation, God's eternal power, that he had no beginning and no end. He's got power that is never failing. And his divine nature, what God is like, is clearly seen in creation, leaving us without excuse. So what do we see in creation? What do you see in creation? What goodness of God do you see in creation? And these days, it's easy to look around and go like, well, we can see a lot of bad things. But that's the result of a fallen world. What goodness do you see in creation? Wonder and wildness and resurrection and power and lavishness. And there's order in creation. There's almost OCD attention to detail sometimes. There's lavish wastefulness. Do you realize how much seed gets sprinkled and scattered and blown about everywhere? There is opposites that create new life. There is fruitfulness and multiplication. There is maturing and nurturing. We're surrounded by constant drawing, a never-ending pointing to something, to someone greater. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20 says this about Jesus, who comes inviting us to repent and believe the good news. The Son, let's just listen to the power of this, follow along. The Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. He's the first to be resurrected, so that in everything he might have the supremacy for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. In the beginning, God created and it was good. And in the beginning, God the Son was involved and it was good. 
And it was all for God, for his goodness, and he invites us into it. Why do you think Jesus came telling parables about seeds and fish? Why did he point us to God's care of the sparrow and the beauty of the flowers? There was technology in Jesus' day, but he was very seldom using it to teach or describe the kingdom. He points to that which he was involved with from the beginning to call us back to the new beginning, the possibility of new creation, all things reconciled, a spectacular vision that he will accomplish in himself in which the astonishment of childlike wonder and faith alone can enter. The good news is that in Jesus Christ, God made possible the reconciling of all things, including the bangs and bumps and blunders of your life and mine. God is the good creator of goodness, of peace and shalom from the very beginning and through Jesus Christ, he is and will restore his goodness again. Will we repent and believe this good news? This good news that begins with the very simple question, is this my world or is this God's world? How would you answer that? But what do your actions, your choices, your home life, your stewardship of creation, your attentiveness to your soul reveal about how you answer that? We're staring at a screen now. You're like staring at me through technology. And some of us have been sitting there, can't wait to look at our phones, or maybe we're already doing that, already distracted by something else. Can I encourage you, look out the window. Look out the window. Look in the eyes of another person. Look at a bug. Look at a flower. Behold the pufferfish. Pay close attention to what the kids among you have created and described. Now say this with me as you go into your time of discussion. Are you ready? I'll say it once and then we'll say it together. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. Say it with me, church. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we worship you, our creator, the sustainer of the universe. We worship you. High and lifted up are you. This is your world and all creatures of our God and King. We lift up our voices and we sing. Hallelujah. Lord, awaken in us the astonishment of a child. Forgive us for the hardness of our hearts. Forgiveness, forgive us when we haven't begun with your, your goodness in creation. And awaken in us the astonishment that should be ours by faith and common sense. We need you. Lead us forward as a church, we pray. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Now in your hub, here's the question. Where have I seen God's goodness, power, and divine nature in creation? How will I respond? Ready? I'm going to read it one more time. Where have I seen God's goodness, power, and divine nature in creation? How will I respond? Have at a church do the work of the people of God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you as you live out the astonishment of his good news this week.